0: Hello, and welcome to season four of the Pivoting Out of EDU podcast. This is a podcast designed to provide you with the inspiration, confidence, and strategies for transitioning out of campus-based positions in education. Hosts, Drs. Jamie Hoffman and Tom Studdard, pivoted out of campus-based positions, hold senior level positions in organizations, and love it. What started as an idea that they thought might benefit a few is clearly filling a need across the nation with education professionals during the Great Resignation. Jamie and Tom are excited to be back for another season with over 25,000 downloads across our first three seasons. So have a seat or take a walk. However you listen to podcasts and get ready for ideas and inspiration. And if you think this podcast was awesome, please consider giving us a five-star rating.
1: Hello and welcome to Pivoting Out of EDU. I'm Jamie Hoffman. And
2: I'm Tom Studdard.
1: And I am so excited today to be joined by Jermise Williams. So I, I mean, I, I truly don't know a lot about your story in some ways, so I'm excited to hear about it. But on the other hand, um, so Jermise and I, we worked together at our previous um, company, in different areas of the company but we just had occasional projects and things like that that allowed us to kind of be exposed and get to know each other and you were always sort of a shining light in conversations and I was I loved getting to work with you when we did and then you left and you're on to something else and that's wonderful I have too But what I, what I love is, you know, when we think about pivoting out of EDU, you know, what, what I kind of like about your story, and so we're going to get to learn more is, and we we literally just spoke to someone who said, what's the worst thing you can do if you pivot out of a campus based position, and you either don't like it or want something else, you could pivot back. So, I like that your story seems to show the fluidity of pivots, but I don't want to steal any of your thunder. Um, I would love it if you could kick us off by sharing a bit about yourself and your career journey, sort of originally from campus space roles,
3: and then what did you do outside, and and where are you now? Perfect. I would love to to share. So thank you again for inviting me to speak. I want to say hello to your listeners and a special hello to all of the teachers out there. Which is everybody because I I have a saying that that goes once a teacher always a teacher and everybody's a teacher. So whether you're mentoring, whether you're a parent or caregiver, we're all we're all teachers in in our own way. So in keeping with that, you know, I am a former classroom teacher and I taught kindergarten to fifth grade in Philadelphia for 10 years, for 10 years. And, and you talk about pivoting, right? That I taught kindergarten for most of my time and the whole day was a pivot. So when you talk about pivoting and being innovative and ingenuitive and you know thinking on the fly. That's what I did for a majority of my time in the classroom. So, again, a special shout out to teachers and to parents who, for the past two years, who had had to become teachers. They got a little taste of what, it, what it's like. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so I taught for, for 10 years, really loved it. I enjoyed the people I was working with. And I got to a point in, in education things started to change, right? You know, we've seen the changes with back in the day with the no child Left kind and those different, just different occurrences. And I really wanted, I missed the room to grow. I missed being innovative and being creative. And we were focusing on, on test scores and which is, you know, fine and well, but I missed the opportunity for those teachable moments, right? And I, I sort of longed for that. And so I said to myself, and then also another nod to teachers, we give so much of ourselves every day to every student. And as I reflected, I was a, I was a you know, young mom. I had a, a kindergartner at home myself. And I thought I really wanted to have enough gas in the tank when I got home to give to my family. And I found that I gave so much in my role that when I came home, I was really out of gas. You know, there are times my daughter would say, oh, can you can you help me with this homework? And I would say, are you kidding? Like, are you serious? Like, what did you do in school? Like, what? Didn't you listen to your teacher when she went over the blessing? you got to be kidding me. So, you know, and I decided, you know what? I. It's time to give back to myself. Let me let me take some time, to figure out what I want to do and I'm gonna give back to myself. And a friend of mine suggested higher ed. They said, you know, I really think you'd be great as in a higher education role. Have you ever thought about it? And I said, no. And so I, you know, long story short, I started out in admissions and recruitment and have been in, in higher ed for for 10 for 10 years. So so I'll stop there and let you ask your next question. But but yeah, that was sort of the transition for me.
2: Okay. So I love your story. I love the fact that you went from K to 12 to higher education. My undergraduate degree, I was supposed to teach junior high social studies. And I loved every minute of my student teaching experience. Like I literally loved getting up in front of the class and watching the light bulbs go up. What I couldn't do is see myself doing like I taught social studies. So I was teaching civics to eighth graders. and I was like, I cannot teach how a bill becomes a law every year <laughs> for the rest of my life. It's just not happen. Oh, it. um and but I but the value that I have for teachers. My mom was one, my dad was one, my grandparents were were teachers, my little brother has a teaching degree. Um and so I love that. Um and I love that you went into higher education. But we know that you left higher education and then you came back. So can you talk to us a little bit about that pivot and what made you choose to ultimately move into a role that was not in a not on a campus. And then what made you pivot? Back to uh, a campus based role.
3: Yeah. So you know what? When I worked in higher ed and admissions and recruitment, there was, there's sort of like a cycle, a cyclical, right? So in August, so I worked for, I was recruited for a medical school. So we had a certain cycle. So students would apply to medical school in June. We would start interviewing in September. And then I would be on the road from September to March, April you know, meeting current applicants, recruiting for the next cycle. So I was pretty much a a, word, a road warrior. I think that's a term that people use. And I ran, I, it just occurred to me like, darn, I ran out of gas again. I need to keep refilling my tank, I think, like every five to seven years or something, right? Oh, uh, So I was all over it. to die, I really loved it. But I did know, I knew that there was something sort of on a cusp, that, that people were, you know, I had friends who were working remotely and they talked about customer success and they talked about startups and I heard this little buzz and I knew that I always wanted to be sort of current, right? I I needed to have a toe in the water of what was going on, right? You never want to, you know, I always say, you know, you have some people, they'll stay in a role for like 25 years. I think that's great if that's what they want to do, but it has to, get to a point where you need new ideas and, you know, you need some new, new, get those juices flowing, right? You need something new. And so again, out of gas again, as I said, and I heard about this EdTech company where you worked remotely and you worked in an admissions role, but you didn't have all the traveling. And I said, oh, and let me apply for this startup. And so that's where I met Jamie, right? So I started working as EdTech company. And let me just tell you, it was absolutely phenomenal. So first off, when I go for my interview, I am like straight, straight laced, buttoned up. You know, I had a nice pair of dress pants, my, my, you know, my slacks. I had a nice white top and jacket. And I go in and I'm interviewed by a guy in a pair of jeans, a T-shirt and a baseball hat. And I was like, hmm, this is... (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, this is really late. I'm like, oh, is this what the other side is like? Is this what it's like outside of higher ed? And the interview was just really relaxed, conversational, the office style. I looked around at the people in the office and I was like, oh, this is really different. It reminded me of maybe the documentaries I see about the inside of Netflix or Google or something and how people have these open spaces where they work. And I was like, oh, this is the future. Right. And I need to be a part of it. (laughs) And so, and I'd also like to add so, what's intimidating? Let me just, you know, say another thing I want to share a part of my story is that, you know, I'm not a spring chicken. My oldest is now 23, my youngest is 18. And so, there was some intimidation with that pivot. So, when I go into this office and I have someone interviewing me who who could be my, my child, Right. And everyone else is like, you know, in jeans and T-shirts and, you know, just relaxed environment. That was a That was a change. That was that was rather intimidating. And I thought to myself, you know what? I have a lot of skills that I can bring. Right. I, I want to share all in my story. It's important for people to know that we have so much knowledge within us from every role that we've ever had and just from life experiences. And we can give these new environments a lot of value and knowledge and they can learn from our wisdom. So I definitely want to make that a point. So yes, I was intimidated. I got the job, thank goodness, right? Um, and I really thrived at the company. Jamie, you know, I was uh, on several committees, really listen, the, the, I remember our first event I went up to the CEO and I said, you know, you're a really cool dude. When you first came out on, you know, on stage, it was this conference and he, no, it was, what was it? It was our retreat. And he came up. And first of all, I didn't even know who he was. That's the first thing because I literally I got the job one week. Next week they said, "Hey, you're going to Texas for this conference," and I was like, "Oh shoot, I didn't want to travel anymore," and that's why I got this job. But I thought, "Hey, let me pack a bag and I'll go." (laughs) And I, you know, go went to the ladies' room, come back to the conference room, and the CEO was on stage talking. And I'm thinking, I asked my nudge my coworkers, "Who is that?" And he's like, "Uh, "The CEO," and I said, "Oh, okay." And I was all in tuned. I was listening 100%. And then it got to this one point where he talked about his summer home. And I was like, oh, gosh, you done lost me. Summer home? And I'm thinking, I'm just trying to pay my mortgage. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. And he's talking about a summer home. And I'd like lost me. He lost me from that point on. But then next day, again, I'm new to ed tech. I'm new to working in this relaxed environment and I'm just sort of learning the ropes. And so the next day we go into the mission programs and that sort of thing. And I was like, all for it. Helping people, creating access to education, you know, scholarships, opportunity. I was like, oh, okay, now they're speaking my language. And so it's final night of the conference. I'm, you know, go up to him at the bar and I said, you know, You're a cool dude. I really thought that you were just like some rich white guy and we were just working for the man. But then you told me about your mission and I'm like, I'm down for it. I'm all for it. And I was, I knew at that point I'm either going to be fired or I'm going to be like the AVP or something after this conversation. So I I never, I didn't make it to AVP, but I had a great relationship with him. After that, and, and we and he laughed and he said, you know, I thought about that as soon as I said summer home. I was like, oh, gosh, I shouldn't have said that. I didn't mean it that way. And I said, no, it's fine. It's cool. I get you now. And um, and I had a great time after that. So so you were there. What led to your
1: desire to have another pivot then? So things were going well and, you know, feel free to share what is most comfortable. But then we'd love to know um, where you're at and what you're doing now.
3: Yeah, sure. So I loved it. I honestly thought that that was going to be the job that I retired from. So I I learned a lot of new technologies. I learned about venture capital and what venture capital is. And, you know, I had no idea about those things. I learned about marketing and marketing teams and gained so much information. And I really wanted to move up. That was my desire. I did not find a lot of opportunity to do that. And when you see, again, you know, when, when you see people who were younger than you, not as experienced, but they, you know, they're being promoted. May, you know, it, I don't know. Honestly, I don't want to say it was ageism, but I just wasn't, I couldn't find my groove sort of outside of my role. Right. So maybe I didn't make the right connections. Maybe I didn't, you know, shine enough on the committees that I was a part of. I don't know what it was, but I know that it was it was frustrating for me at a at a certain point. And I decided that you know what? I need to take because I was there for, for two years. I was there for two years. And and I absolutely loved it. I, I love the the remote work. I love the hybrid. Sometimes when we go into the office. And I love the people that I met every day, you know, talking to students and really helping them. I say that I, in life, I'm the person that helps people eat the elephant one bite at a time, right? Like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So, as an admissions counselor, I help students break down the barriers step by step that prevented them from getting an advanced degree. And that's the highlight of my career there. And I loved it there. But I think that I had higher aspirations then I was able to fulfill in that space. And sometimes, you know, you have to make a decision if you're going to stay and push or if you're going to look for an opportunity. And so I looked for another opportunity.
2: Okay, so, so far in the journey, kindergarten, higher education, pivoted out of higher education, looked for another opportunity and you've pivoted back into a campus-based role. Is that right?
3: That is correct.
2: Okay, and are you able to talk about what it is that you're doing now?
3: Absolutely. I am so excited and thrilled about what I do now. I am the Assistant Director for Recruitment and Retention at the Close School of Entrepreneurship at Drexel University here in Philadelphia. And I'm absolutely thrilled. We are the only school of entrepreneurship that sits outside. We're the only standalone uh, entrepreneurship school. So we sit outside of the business school And when we talk about innovation and pivoting and growth and thinking on the fly, that is what entrepreneurs do. We teach the entrepreneurial mindset. And I absolutely love that I get to go back in higher ed. I don't travel too. Let me add add this, right? I have a campus-based role, so I'm not a road warrior. I love that. But I'm still meeting and engaging with students and I get to create programs And just being around all that innovative energy and seeing the work that our students are doing uh, with their businesses and things that they're creating that I, some I could speak about, some I can't, but uh, at this time, but things that they're creating for society, I'm just thrilled and inspired every single day. So heck yes, you can ask me about what I'm doing now.
2: (laughs) I love that. And I know Jamie's got a burning question. So Jamie, why don't you ask that next one?
1: I totally thought I was not muted so thank you Tom. Okay. <laughs> love your enthusiasm, but just generally, you know, across the the different threads of um of your career path, what I would love to do, you know, a lot of times at this point in our episodes we ask people like, well, what skills do you think you need to be successful in this role or that role? But I I think that if we've ever had a a, a guest that has mastered the art of pivoting, you're probably it given um, a lot of people will ask about how to go from higher ed, I'm sorry, K-12 to higher ed and then higher ed to ed tech and, you know, and now and now back. So what would you say are the key skills or attributes that are really important um, to pivot just in general?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. So, so certainly flexibility and being able to adapt and adjust. And I would say that I think all of us I know all of us has had to have had to do that in the past two years, almost three years with COVID. We've had to make the shift. I was always able to do that. I'm the type of person that I'm like, you know how you have some people you call and you'll call them and say, "Hey, I'm going to a party." Come on with me. And you have the person that says, okay, is it a birthday party, a Christmas party? Should I bring a gift? What should I wear? Right? You have the person who's asked all the questions. I'm the person that you say, hey, I'm going to a party. And before you can hang with the phone, I already got my pocketbook, my keys. I'm in the car. I'm like, oh, text me the address. I don't have to know who's part, like a party, what? And so and so definitely being, and I'm not saying that has to be your personality type, but that's just mine, right? So definitely being flexible and being adaptable. You, you, can't, you can't be rigid, rigid and you have to learn how to adjust and, and just adapt. And I will say that it was a blessing for me to work at the ed tech company because I learned so many skill sets in terms of technology, because we worked with technology that I wasn't using in brick and mortar higher ed and just being a startup. Right. That's that's entrepreneurship at at its core, right? Just being a startup. And that helped me get my my current role here at the entrepreneurship school because I'm able to understand what it's like to start up a business, to have, you know, a think tank, the process, right? And then what could go wrong? Everything could go wrong. How do we learn from failure? How do we prepare for failure? And how do we make that, that shift? Being resilient. You know, Jane, I would say you talk about pivoting, right? I also would say that I can pivot, but I'm also resilient. Because I've I have i have gotten down. I've I've really been down on myself and bummed out about situations that didn't work the way that I wanted them to. And frankly, disappointed that I wanted to stay at a company, an organization, and it just wasn't working out. And so I had to leave. I was disappointed and I was down for a bit, but I'm resilient. And so I, I bounced back up. So I would say. Definitely being flexible, being adaptive, and resilience is something that you need.
2: Resilience is such a great phrase to sort of think about. And I, it's one of the skills that I think the hardest to learn. We, When I worked my last job uh, at TCU, we did a whole sophomore, second year retreat for students about resilience. And and I see it even in today's world. And I think maybe some of it's generational, right? Like Generation Z, particularly. Oh, yeah. Um, resilience is just... It feels, it, it feels more of a tougher nut to crack than maybe it did for sort of previous generations. And so I really appreciate um, the skill sets that you, that you talked about there. So I'm going to use a little bit of a corporate term here and ask you to give your elevator pitch uh, for someone who's looking to make their original pivot out of campus-based positions. What, what would you tell them? What would you want them to know?
3: Someone who is looking to transition out of campus space. So they would have to share with me. So elevator pitch, right, is uh, you have two minutes, right? Two minute elevator ride. So what I would want to know from them is what skills have they learned that will help me in my business or in at my school? So, you, you, you know, we're always selling, right? Was ABC always be closing, right? And so I would need to know the value add. And so I think a good way to do that is and this is another thing I did too. I've read a lot of articles about like different things, you know, whether it's LinkedIn or someone sends me something through Facebook. It's important to know what's going on in the world in terms of technology, in terms of news, in terms of education. Just I have a curious mind, so I'm I, I know I I like to say I know a little bit <laughs> about everything, right? And and so that helps me sort of bridge the gap. It opens a door for con- for conversation. So the elevator pitch is. You know, I notice that some of your students at the entrepreneurship school are really maybe lacking in this particular area. And I know something that can help them, you know, fix that or or accommodate that. And I'm all ears, right? Or I would love to speak to your students about how to be resilient in, you know, in, in tough times, something like that. So you have to always think about but you have to offer the other person, right? What's in it? What's in it for them? And why should, why do you need, why you need me to come talk to your students or why you need to interview me is because I know this, this is how I can help you, whatever that may be. Did that answer your question?
0: It
2: uh, absolutely did. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. Uh, as I look back or think back to our conversation, uh, something really stands out as eat the elephant one bite at a time. And we've always heard that. I always, I also appreciate the ABC. They always be closing. It makes me think that you've gone through Sandler sales training. Um, so that's always good to know. Um, but great advice from our guests. Thank you, Jeremy, so much for joining us today. What a great episode filled with such great advice. Thank you to all of our listeners out there. We hope you've enjoyed our conversation today. Check back next week for another episode of Pivoting Out of EDU.
0: Thank you for listening to Pivoting Out of EDU. In addition to our podcast, we offer various ways to get support as you work through your career transition, including digital resources, one-to-one consulting, group workshops, and cohort-based blended learning experiences. For more information about these services and show notes, visit pivotingoutofedu.com and if you haven't done so already, join our LinkedIn group called EDU Pivoters where we share job opportunities and foster engagement between those who have pivoted and those who want to pivot.